is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There's a lot going on today, but I want to put things in context for you. Joe Biden, the famous church, going off in a insane speech against Trump, Trump supporters, the threats against democracy. Liz Cheney saying, we'll lose our democracy. You're right to vote if Donald Trump's elected. The Hitler narrative, which Obama's pushing Biden to use aggressively, and of course Obama is the Marxist behind the scenes, but Biden doesn't need a lot of pushing to do that. He's loathsome to begin with. So I've looked into this from a historical perspective. And I want you to know this isn't new. In fact, it was first tried out in 1964 against Arizona Senator Barry Goldwater. There's a great piece about this from 2016 in the City Journal by Harry Stein. There's other great pieces about this in other publications. There's actually a very good piece that was in Politico some years ago by Michael Lind. Fairly liberal, but not a crackpot. At one point, as I recall, had been a conservative, but nonetheless. About the use of the word Hitler. And the attack on blue-collar America inferring that they're brown shirts. Why don't they just listen? Why don't they get with the program? And the efforts by Republican establishment types, those from Republican families like Sununu or Bush or Romney and others, like Chris Christie, how they try to sabotage 
the leading candidate or candidates for the nomination. This is not new either. The Democrat Party and the media have a long history of labeling people they disagree with as Hitler. I told you, Barry Goldwater, they labeled Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, Senators Cruz and Rubio, all were Hitler. Among others, Hitler. I've written to you and in my book, American Marxism, about the Frankfurt Group, a group of Marxist intellectuals in Germany who sought to overthrow the, the government there and replace it with Marx, a Marxist regime, but they lost out to the fascists and Hitler in the Third Reich. Many of them fled to other parts of Europe and many of them fled to the United States, including Herbert Marcuse, who we've talked about, only to try and overthrow our own country with the new left and so forth. As Lynn points out, it was in the 1950s that the Frankfurt School, the Marxist intellectuals who emigrated to America, who tried to use the Nazi characterization to attack those who weren't down for the revolution, and to insinuate that working-class blue-collar Americans, because they wouldn't overthrow their government, that the, the proletariat, as they called them, would actually defend their own country among the greatest of the patriots of the people. That they were effectively the brown shirts for fascism. You hear Joe Biden talking about MAGA supporters, MAGA supporters. That's his version. of attacking blue-collar America. That's his version of attacking suburban America. That's his version of attacking any Trump supporters. Brown shirts is what he wants to say. But brown shirts is what the Frankfurt School Marxists in America did say. And Biden's picked up on it. Despite his support of unions, because they support him, Biden has contempt for blue-collar working-class Americans. Nixon won them. Reagan won them. Trump won them. And that's the truth. Goldwater was painted as a threat, as an extremist. And yet all he was was a traditional conservative. They took his words and his phrases out of context, the way they do with Trump. Anything to link him totalitarianism or Hitler. They sought to dehumanize Goldwater. Exactly what they seek to do with Trump. They're running the 1964 playbook. That's exactly what's taking place. And as the City Journal points out from its piece seven and a half, nearly eight years ago, among those who poured fuel on the fire were those in the Republican establishment. Were those who were part of the Republican ruling class. Were those who were quote-unquote centrists and, moder- and moderates in the Republican Party. 
Sununu types, Romney types, Christie types, with their media support. In fact, it's pointed out that they were incredibly vicious towards Goldwater, planted a lot of the information against Goldwater, did opposition research like never before against Goldwater, and gave their information to a Democrat Party supporting compliant media. Same thing happens today. The main force behind that was Nelson Rockefeller. Joined by the governor of Pennsylvania, Scranton. Joined by the governor of Michigan, Romney. Romney's father. Just as Romney, the son, does the same thing to conservatives across the board. And Donald Trump. They sought to destroy Goldwater from within. It was relentless. That's why you see Chris Christie on Fox and elsewhere. Chris Sununu on Fox and elsewhere. That's why you see the editorial pages of the Wall Street Journal. The Peggy Noonans and others. Supporting the the Chris Christie's. The Nikki Haley's. But Goldwater wasn't an extremist. He was more libertarian, frankly, than conservative, but he was a libertarian conservative, and he had his views, and they tried to turn him into a fascist. This is the man who desegregated the National Guard of Arizona when it was a territory. This is a man who, when he took over the business, Goldwater's in Arizona, he desegregated the department store. This is a man who helped found the Urban League in Arizona and helped fund it when it was going bankrupt and supported the NAACP when it was under attack in Arizona. None of it mattered. The media playbook is the same playbook today. The dry run was 1964. But even then, the media were at least... Concerned about being labeled partisan. Concerned about being labeled the propaganda machine of the Democrat Party. They weren't cautious, but they didn't brag about it as they do today. As they hired Democrats to fill major anchor and hosting positions. That's what's going on today. And it's a huge problem for the American people when you have a corrupt media like this. So Joe Biden gets away with the comments that he makes without any scrutiny whatsoever. Any scrutiny about what he's saying, any scrutiny about the past. And the media have an inordinate influence in this country. Interesting, Goldwater's response to all this was to kind of poke them in the nose. The way Trump does. Yes. As the City Journal points out, rather than seeking to explain the nuances of Goldwater's position, the press engaged in calumny by association, continually badgering Goldwater, for instance, to disavow the KKK. Goldwater's long and honorable record on civil rights was ignored. An early member of the NAACP integrated his family store in the 1930s, well before it was the norm in Phoenix or in most of the North. After the war, he did the same for the Air National Guard. 
in Arizona, which he founded. And on his arrival in the Senate, he desegregated the cafeteria. He had voted for every prior civil rights measure. Had anyone wished to report at the contrast with Johnson in this regard, could not have been more dramatic. As a Texas Senator, LBJ never supported a piece of civil rights legislation, repeatedly voting against banning the poll tax and against making lynching a federal crime. And as recently as four years earlier, running simultaneously for vice president and re-election of the Senate, LBJ had opposed civil rights in, Tex- in the Texas contest while supporting them nationally. There you have it. But Goldwater was a polite man, a man of great class. And he told his campaign, we are not going to attack Johnson personally the way they're attacking me. We are going to run a campaign of ideas. And of course, he doesn't know it, but instinctively Trump knows that you can't lie down for this kind of treatment. You have to fight back. If you have any shot at winning, Johnson's record and character invited close inspection, but he didn't get it. For all the attention given to Goldwater's purported recklessness, the man actually wielding power, recklessly as it would turn out, got no such scrutiny. And under his leadership, the nation was so quickly be racked by turmoil that four years later it would be his party's convention playing out against a backdrop of warfare in the streets. Sound familiar? Indeed, coverage of Johnson in the fall of 1964 was so uniformly positive. The LBG in media accounts was almost indistinguishable from the man presented by his meticulously stage-managed campaign. A benign father figure, spreading even more great society largesse across the land, even as he faced down his hard-hearted opponent, the would-be destroyer of the world. President urges political vision, ran a typical New York Times headline over a story that began, President Johnson dedicated himself today to the politics of excellence, restraint, and vision. Interesting. And yet, and yet, they're doing it today, there's no question. And they're doing it with the help of these Republicans. And Biden, with the help of Obama, is running the 1964 rerun of LBJ against Barry Goldwater. With some exceptions, of course. No comparison is perfect, but it's perfect enough. And this ideological attack was given birth by communists, Marxists who came to this country in the late 30s and the 40s to escape Hitler, but to promote Marx. And so today, everybody's Hitler and nobody's Hitler. I think it was George Orwell who said fascism is referenced so often, and he was an anti-fascist, that we don't even know what it means anymore. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Leading civil rights lawyer shows 20 ways Trump is copying Hitler. You should look at these headlines. 
with the name Trump and Hitler in the same headline. And it goes on and on and on. Republicans' leaders confronted on Donald Trump parroting Hitler a few weeks back. Hmm. Pretty amazing. An American Fuhrer? Really? What about that? And, of course, they use their comedy types, December. Stephen Colbert calls out Trump for scarily Hitler comparison. What do you think of that? The Democrats and their culture know what to do. They've done it before. They've done it to virtually every Republican president or leading Republican candidate for president. But they really kicked it in gear against Goldwater, Reagan, and now Trump. And the media repeats it. And it repeats even more than ever before because the media are populated with Democrats, Republican grifters, and malcontents and disgruntled former Trump employees. So they regurgitate this stuff. Foreign policy in focus. It's time to take the Nazi-Trump comparison seriously. No, I'm not going to take it seriously. I'll be right back. If you want to talk to Mark, we have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call 877-381-3811. So Biden hopes to use January 6th as his ticket to getting reelected, if you can imagine that. He's not running on his economic record because he can't. He's destroyed more lives. People have lost more homes. People have faced more bankruptcies as a result of him. The price of basic goods have gone through the roof. Whatever our government's telling us is of no consequence. I don't trust anything they tell us, particularly now. Joe Biden has undermined the 1st, 2nd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 9th, and 10th Amendments. He's undermined the independence of the Supreme Court. He's destroyed our national sovereignty. And he's destroying our culture, assimilation, and our founding principles. He defies Supreme Court rulings in order to spend money and provide subsidies, a.k.a. welfare, to relatively wealthy former students attending colleges. This is a man who is desperate, who will do and say anything. And he's the one burning down our constitutional republic. He's the one trying to imprison his campaign opponent. As if this this is uh, Stalin. And so he goes to the Emanuel AME Church in Charleston. Because his buddy Jim Clyburn has a lot of pool down there. And he's campaigning against a fiction. A fiction. He doesn't talk about the violence in 2020, which led to the deaths of many. Mayhem, anarchy, destroyed businesses, destroyed cities. 
people leaving the depopulation of our cities, especially our inner cities. He doesn't talk about the fact that he is the new Orville Faubus and George Wallace standing in the doorhouse, the doorhouse, the schools, to prevent little black kids and others from going to better schools. That's him. And nobody else. He can't run on his so-called civil rights record. He doesn't have one. He can't run on his record for helping the middle class. Poor people. And even people who are upper middle class. Because he doesn't have one other than destruction. Standard eye tests are going down as little kids are taught about genitalia and brainwashed about all kinds of sinister things pushed by the left. He's now made two speeches in three days, all but accusing Donald Trump of being Hitler. Well, the Hitlerians in his party are in the streets or in our colleges and universities. Students, faculty, and administrators. And he's yet to give a speech to denounce any of them. Because they're his voters. The Marxists are his voters. The Islamists are his voters. The anti-Semites are his voters. That's his base. Ask Talib. Ask Sanders. Ask AOC. They're his voters. Now... I'm not going to play this all, because I know this will be too painful. But it is amazing that a man of the segregationist movement, a man in the 1970s, who did more than most, but did more than any northern senator, to obstruct the integration of our public schools, speaks at Emanuel AME Church with the support of Jim Clyburn, who puts party before everything, warning about people like himself. Donald Trump doesn't have the past that but Joe Biden chose for himself. Donald Trump, like Barry Goldwater, desegregated any business he was ever involved in Desegregated, desegregated, even Mar-a-Lago. He was never racist. He was never a bigot. Some might have called him a liberal for most of his life. Hitler. Joe Biden's president. He has the power to confront the Islamists, the Marxists, the Jew haters, and others, and he won't. They're his voters. When Donald Trump was in power, he issued an executive order that has served as the basis for every lawsuit that every Jewish student is bringing to defend themselves in public universities. Without it, they would not have had a strong legal basis to do it. Joe Biden's Department of Justice and Department of Education have barely lifted a finger. Barely lifted a finger to address this. Why? 
because he's a fraud. Rather than run on his record, he wants to create a fiction through character assassination, the same way they did with Barry Goldwater, the same way they tried and failed with Ronald Reagan. This has been going on a long time now, but it's reached a crescendo. Because they've now fused this with federal law enforcement, state law enforcement, local DAs. In self-righteous justification for not only calling Trump Hitler, but imprisoning him. The way another Democrat, Woodrow Wilson, imprisoned his Socialist Party opponent, Eugene Debs. Did you know that? Used the same law. The Espionage Act that was passed in 1917, amended in 1918, to attack free speech. Thousands of people were rounded up. Much like January 6th. Thousands of people who didn't do anything. We're not talking about the obvious individuals who were violent. This is the Woodrow Wilson playbook. That's also being applied. Censorship. Censorship. I want you to listen. To what the U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C. said, and he's still the U.S. Attorney despite the special prosecutor. His name is Matthew Graves. He and his wife were big supporters for Obama before he got the promotion of U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C. That would be the most powerful position of any U.S. Attorney because of all that goes on in Washington, D.C. And he gave a press conference last Thursday that I'm sure you didn't hear about. Because we got to spend 95% of our time trashing Donald Trump. There's not a lot of time to do anything else. Now listen to what this man says. Those of you who are of an open heart, a good heart, a rational and objective mind, your jaw's going to hit the floor. Cut 19, go. An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Make no mistake, thousands of people occupied an area that they were not authorized to be present in in the first place. Got that? If you showed up that day and you went on the grounds of the Capitol, you weren't a threat to anybody. You didn't make any threats against anybody. You were peaceful, nonviolent. You committed a federal crime and they're coming to get you. Where are the civil libertarians? Where's the ACLU? Where are the media? They support it. Because what they know and they have finally figured out is that this is a regime that will go after conservatives and Republicans and MAGA. But they will not throw that blanket on Democrats, Islamists, Jew haters, Marxists, violent 
rioters from 2020, those who sought to breach the White House, no problem. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, Antifa's an idea, don't you know? Black Lives Matter is a fantastic civil rights movement, don't you know? So people who were mulling around, Mr. Producer, on the grounds of the Capitol, who probably didn't even know where the hell the line was between the grounds of the Capitol and not. It's a big area, ladies and gentlemen. It takes up acres of area. They're now going to try and track them down. Well, they're letting out recidivists, violent criminals, before they spend one hour in prison to commit heinous acts against the American people. This is where we are. I want you to listen to this again. I don't know. I'm just guessing. You haven't heard this before. But as soon as I saw it, I sent it to Mr. Producer and I said, grab this. This is unbelievable. This is Matthew Graves, the U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C., an Obama hatchet man. Now you tell me who's Hitlerian. You tell me who's threatening, quote-unquote, democracy. You tell me who has no respect for the rule of law. As Joe Biden burps out, yells, screams like a maniac in a padded room about MAGA and Trump and the end of democracy. Cut 19, go. An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building or those who engaged in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Make no mistake, thousands of people occupied an area that they were not authorized to be present in in the first place. Thousands of people. People are being mugged, raped, and murdered in D.C. at record numbers. Carjackings in record numbers. The federal prosecutor is supposed to handle that case, and every case like it, is Matthew Graves, the U.S. Attorney. There is no district attorney in the District of Columbia. It's not a state, it's not a city. Well, it's a city, but it can't use that kind of authority because of the federal mandate. And look what his focus is. And they're going to ramp it up before the election. And I want to reiterate something I told you last week. These speeches Joe Biden's giving have another audience, and he knows it. The media know it, and his people know it. It's the Democrat prosecutors, it's the Democrat judges. It's the tainting of the jury pool in these cities. Do not allow Hitler to run for election. But if he runs for election, do not, under any circumstances, allow him to win. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, they're sycophants, they're surrogates, in and out of the media, in and out of academia. 
I have the greatest fear that they are turning 2024 into a disaster for this republic. Tell me, if Donald Trump wins, will the Democrats accept him as president? And with all that the media and the Democrats are doing, if Joe Biden wins, will Republicans accept him as president? People are lighting bonfires all over this society. All over. And they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn about the country. They don't give a damn about the Constitution. They talk about the law. They don't care about the law unless they can use it against their enemies. I'm not going to play anymore to Joe Biden. Any more than I would play audio of mentally disturbed individuals on our streets screaming at passersby. That's Joe Biden. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I need to correct an error. Joe Biden did speak about the riots of 2020, the mayhem, the anarchy, the attacks on the White House, the attacks on a federal courthouse in Portland. The brutalizing of innocent citizens, the burning of cities, the attacks on cops. And here's what he said today at Emanuel AME Church in Charleston today. Cut seven, go. After the historic movement for justice in the summer of 2020, I signed the most significant police reform executive order in history. All right, so there you go. 2020 was a historic movement for justice. I certainly hope Trump, DeSantis, and all the others, they or their surrogates are listening to this program. I want to repeat, today, at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, let's play that first part again, Mr. Producer, Biden said the following, go. After the historic movement for justice in the summer of 2020, I signed the most significant police reform executive order in history. I have no idea what the hell he signed, and neither does anyone else. But whatever it was, it wasn't reform, it was destruction. The historic movement for justice in the summer of 2020, when our cities burned, when the White House came under attack, when the federal courthouse in Portland was under attack, day in and day out, day in and day out, Mr. Democracy. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Breaking news, literally, right this moment. I don't do these fake breaking news things. And this is from the Atlantic Journal-Constitution, so it must be true. 
Filing alleges improper relationship between Fulton DA, Fannie Willis, and top Trump prosecutor. It looks like Fannie's Fannie's in the news. Here it is. District Attorney Fannie Willis improperly hired an alleged romantic partner to prosecute Donald Trump and financially benefited from the relationship, according to a court motion filed today, literally minutes ago, arguing the indictment was unconstitutional. The paper says the bombshell public filing alleged that special prosecutor Nathan Wade, a private attorney, paid for lavish vacations he took with Willis using the Fulton County funds his law firm received. County records show that Wade, who has played a prominent role in the election interference case, has been paid nearly $654,000 in legal fees since January 2022 alone. The DA authorizes his compensation. The motion filed on behalf of defendant Michael Roman, a former Trump campaign official, seeks to have the charges against Roman dismissed and for Willis, Wade, and the entire DA's office to be disqualified from further prosecution of the case. Pallavi Bailey, a Willis spokeswoman, said the DA's office will respond to Roman's allegations, quote, through appropriate court filings, unquote. Well, what happened? She loves the press. She can't ever keep her big mouth shut. Wade did not immediately respond to requests for comment. It's unclear if the explosive issues raised in the filing undermine the validity of the indictment against Trump. And the remaining 14 co-defendants are simply muddy the waters by questioning Willis' professional ethics. This is where the media starts to burp in. They're trying to give direction to the court. They're trying to create ambiguity where there is none. The filing also offers no concrete proof of the romantic ties between Willis and Wade, except to say sources close to both the special prosecutor and the DA have confirmed they had an ongoing personal relationship. Well, two points to that. Then why did the Atlantic Journal-Constitution run with it, Mr. Producer? And that's number one. And number two, why didn't the DA make a statement immediately? Said this is a lie and will bring judicial ethics charges against the, the uh, defendant. That is the defendant's lawyer. It alleges that Willis and Wade have been involved in a romantic relationship that began before Wade was appointed special prosecutor. Says they traveled together to Napa Valley in Florida. And they cruised the Caribbean using tickets Wade purchased from Norwegian and Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. Although the filing did not include documentation of those purchases. You know, <laughs> obviously we'll have to at some point. But the Atlantic Journal-Constitution isn't barred from digging into this on their own, are they? No. But they don't want to. The motion also said the check sent to Wade from Fulton County and his subsequent purchase of vacations for Willis could amount to honest services fraud, a federal crime in which a vendor gives kickbacks to an employer. Why doesn't the Atlantic newspaper, the Journal-Constitution, start filing the equivalent of FOIA requests and demanding to interview people and go surreptitiously to mid- to low-level individuals and get anonymous sources? You know, that's the way they attack Republicans all the time. Yes, it would be a federal crime. Maybe in a RICO statute, Mr. Bidus. Maybe they could use the RICO statute against the entire DA's office. Why not? In fact, it says it. I hadn't read it. 
It is also possible this could be prosecuted under the federal racketeering statute, the motion said. I like this lawyer. Roman's lawyer, Marietta attorney Ashley Merchant, wrote that the motion is not filed lightly, nor is it being filed without considerable forethought, research, or investigation. But the issue had to be raised and must be heard because the issues, quote, strike at the heart of fairness in our justice system. And if left unaddressed and unchecked, threaten to taint the entire prosecution of this case. Invite error and completely undermine public confidence in any outcome of this proceeding. People should take lessons from this. Lawyers representing defendants in Washington, D.C., lawyers representing defendants in Atlanta, Georgia, lawyers representing defendants everywhere in Trump world or close to Trump world need to go on offense. They need to take it to the government. They need to take it to these prosecutors. They need to do their own research, background checks on these people. They're all human beings. They're all imperfect. And some of them are very imperfect. Willis and Wade, the motion contends, have been engaged in an improper clandestine personal relationship during the pendency of this case, which has resulted in the special prosecutor and in turn the DA profiting significantly from this prosecution at the expense of the taxpayers. A problem of Wade's appointment is that it was not approved by the Fulton Board of Commissioners as required by law, the motion said. The motion also questions Wade's credentials, contending he has never prosecuted a felony case. Yeah, but he knows a good vacation spot. Wade entered into his special prosecutor contract on November 1, 2021. Just one day before he filed for divorce in Cobb County, the motion said. Don't you love the media? And of course, by love I mean hate. By men we mean women, and by women we mean men. You get the point. Don't you love them? They, they question the filing, which is done, you know, at great exposure to the people making the filing and the media could delve into this very easily they could dig into this why don't they in the motion merchant said she reviewed the divorce case file at the superior court's clerk's office and made copies of certain documents but the case file was later improperly sealed because no court hearing was held as required by law the motion said these are the charges that were brought against trump and so forth because the case remains under seal. Wait a minute. That's, I'm talking about the, uh, it's not well written. What's under seal apparently is the, uh, the divorce record. Because the case remains under seal, Merchant said she's not sharing the information she obtained from the divorce file until the seal is lifted. That's a page out of Obama's playbook. I like it. She also said she's asking a judge to unseal the case file. Roman's filing also resurfaces an accusation previously made against Wade that his two oaths of office were not filed in court prior to his work on the case, thus misrepresenting himself as a duly authorized special prosecutor. Judge Scott McAfee, Judge McAfee, wake the hell up, previously rejected that argument, stating the requirements don't apply to contractors working on single cases, and that the defendants didn't establish a constitutional violation or structural defect to the grand jury process that warranted dismissing the case. You see, all the pressure is on judges to keep going at it. They keep going. Now, some of them love the celebrity, like the one in Washington, D.C., like that clown in New York. But the others, who usually are straight shooters, are under enormous pressure. 
Burchin acknowledged McAfee's ruling, but said that in the larger context of the various issues surrounding his appointment, Willis' lack of authority to appoint him. In the conflict of interest issues raised addressed below, the fact that Wade did not file his oath before beginning work takes on new and more significant meaning, and indeed constitutes a structural defect in the indictment. I would agree with that. Why didn't she go through the process, and why didn't he go through the process? Because if they're having an affair, they're hiding it. That's why. And they don't want to put these uh, signed oaths and so forth out there. Roman worked as a director of Election Day operations for the Trump campaign in 2020. Oh, we got to take that guy down. Yes, yes. He was charged with seven felony contacts, or counts, I should say, in Fulton. Most of them conspiracy charges in conjunction with his role helping organize slates of Trump electors in battleground states. One by Democrat Biden, including Georgia, is pleaded not guilty. You know, I'll tell you what's killing me about all this stuff. There was a big leak. There was a big leak out of the thug special prosecutor's office in Washington, D.C. yesterday, and nobody noted it. I didn't have time to get to it. And the leak is obviously intended to help the government and harm Donald Trump and to taint the jury pool. And of course, as, you know, food for the media. Those leaks are crimes. I documented months ago, over a six-month period, over 40. I'll bet at this point there's over 80. This was the latest. And the insinuation was that one of Trump's closest advisors had testified in a way that would harm Trump. Now, you understand, you're in front of that grand jury. Maybe you're there for eight, ten hours. Maybe you're there for two or three days. And they start cherry-picking stuff. And there's no way to counter it when they start leaking it. It's not a court of law. It is them taking the information and leaking it. Or they do interviews now, subsequent to the indictment. Same thing. They start to leak it. And so this idea that Donald Trump was either disinterested in the violence that was taking place on January 6th, like it or not, that's not a crime. It doesn't prove a damn thing. We're talking about the criminal justice system, the prosecutorial process. Not opinions, not beliefs, not whether you like or dislike something or someone or the way they reacted. That has nothing to do with this. What this prosecutor is doing, he's building a case of opinions. He's building a case based on insinuations and inferences. He's building them around Four charges that have absolutely nothing to do with January 6th. Not even close. And so he is using the courtroom to prosecute, to argue against, and he hopes persuade a jury that really doesn't even need to be persuaded. Just give them the name of the person and and they're likely to say guilty on something. Particularly with Joe Biden running around howling like a coyote, going on and on about Hitler, he's Hitler, he's against democracy. Purposely. Poisoning every single jury pool in the country. And by the way, there's Donald Trump with gag orders. With gag rules. Don't you dare say a nasty thing about the judge, 
or the Department of Justice. Don't you dare question witnesses. He's Hitler. That's okay. But don't you dare say anything nasty about anybody in our, our process here. Don't disrupt it. Yeah, right. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The holidays have come and gone, and once again, you were too generous. Don't worry, though. Pure Talk has your back. So instead of paying Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile 60, 70, 80 bucks a line, Pure Talk has unlimited plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. Get phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network, just 20 bucks a month. Friends, this is how the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. It's time to switch to a wireless company that shares your values. A company that isn't afraid to invest in shows like this. A company that is veteran-owned and serves veterans. So do what I did. Switch to Pure Talk. Don't wait anymore. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Pure Talk's U.S. customer service team is waiting to serve you. That's puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to be connected right now. Don't wait any longer. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin to start off the year saving on wireless with a company you can be proud of. Pure Talk. This is exactly how tyranny works, how totalitarianism takes hold, as I've written about in American Marxism, as well as the Democrat Party hates America. So you project onto those who are trying to defeat you and defend the country your own agenda. So Trump's the enemy of the state. His people are the stormtroopers, the brown shirts. He's a threat to democracy. We must do anything and everything. Phony prosecutions. Radical judges. 90% Democrat juries. Whatever it takes. We have to turn him into Hitler. As we've turned other Republicans into Hitler. But this time it's different. He's really Hitler. We have to repeat the big lie. And we just have to overwhelm. Any ability to push back. And so here's Jake Tapper who brings a reprobate, James Clyburn, on. This is a man who is contemptible through and through. And you'll, you'll hear why in just a moment. Cut eight, go. So let's start uh, with President Biden's trip tomorrow to historic Mother Manual AME Church. What are you hoping to hear from President Biden? And is, is it fair to tie in any way what happened at the Emanuel AME Church to Donald Trump? Donald Trump had barely launched his campaign when that attack happened. So let's stop right there. This is sleazy propaganda by Jake Tapper. He's been around long enough. He could teach this course. So you raise an outrageous, unconscionable question. Because in the form of that question, the substance that you are suggesting is that Donald Trump is responsible for the murder of those black parishioners by the white supremacist. And then he says, but we really can't blame him, can we, Congressman Clyburn? Because, you know, his campaign, you know, barely launched. And so Clyburn takes the bait because Clyburn wants to take the bait. This is how they use the Holocaust victims. This is how they use these folks who were slaughtered 
as they sat there in the church, I can only imagine. This is how they use the Hamas attack on the Jews to advance their agenda. Always advance the agenda. These are cold-blooded people. So the Jews are dehumanized. The Holocaust survivors are dehumanized by him, Scarborough, and others who just keep throwing around Hitler. Full Hitler! And they're dehumanized by, of all people, James Clyburn. Because too many of these Democrats put their party before everything else. Go ahead. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jake. I think it is very clear uh, that Donald Trump's utterances uh, way back before Charlottesville, or at the time of Charlottesville, ties him uh, to uh, what happened uh, at Mother Emanuel. All right, that's enough. I'm not even going on with any more of it. This man is contemptible. I am telling you, they talk about these dog whistles. The dog whistles are everywhere. From the media, from the Democrat Party, from their Marxist and Islamist surrogates. That Donald Trump is fair game. This effort to dehumanize him constantly is not only sick, it is dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And all for power. And the propaganda, the pseudo-events and pseudo-news, the seizing on a word or a phrase. They'll never do that to Biden. Never. And so now Donald Trump is responsible for the slaughter of the black parishioners that took place in 2015, I guess, Mr. Producer. The horrific mass murder. These parishioners welcome this man into their open arms at their church. He pulls out a pistol and murders every one of them. And Donald Trump had a role in that. I'm telling you, folks, all we can do is hope and pray that there, is an, there are enough people who haven't lost their minds and lost their senses who reject a corrupt media that is promoting endlessly violence and dehumanization and have enough sense to do the right thing down the road and vote the right way. I'll be right back. The holidays have come and gone, and once again, you were too generous. Don't worry, though. Pure Talk has your back. So instead of paying Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile 60, 70, 80 bucks a line, Pure Talk has unlimited plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. Get phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network, just 20 bucks a month. Friends, this is how the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. It's time to switch to a wireless company that shares your values. A company that isn't afraid to invest in shows like this. A company that is veteran-owned and serves veterans. So do what I did. Switch to Pure Talk. Don't wait anymore. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. 
Pure Talk's U.S. customer service team is waiting to serve you. That's puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to be connected right now. Don't wait any longer. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin to start off the year saving on wireless with a company you can be proud of. Pure Talk. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Mr. Producer, will you please invite Matthew Graves, the U.S. Attorney for Washington, D.C., on the program, please? Any day, any time the program's on. I'll clear whatever's here to have him on. He's going to go after thousands of people who were on the Capitol Hill lawn. Some of the people listening to this program are probably now shocked and upset, stressed, because it may have been some of them. It's not how this works. I'll prove it to you. This is from our friends at Post Millennial. Biden's DOJ not investigating pro-Hamas agitators holding U.S. visas. Let me repeat it. The Department of Justice is not investigating pro-terrorist agitators holding U.S. visas. These are foreigners. That is, they're, from, they're aliens from other countries who get better treatment than Americans who are not terrorists. It appears that concerns regarding the potential electoral consequences of protecting Jewish Americans and enforcing American anti-terrorism laws and her sympathy for Hamas's aims are inappropriately biasing the department's decision-making. This is from American First Legal, a complaint filed by the American First Legal Foundation. This is Stephen Miller's group. With the Office of the Inspector General to investigate the DOJ obtained by the Washington Free Beacon alleges that the Biden administration has ignored the spike in attacks against Jews in the U.S. following Hamas's attack. On October 7, they killed over 1,200 people. According to America First Legal, Biden's administration is slow walking the prosecution of Hamas sympathizers, a.k.a. terrorists including U.S. visa holders and other foreign nationals living in the U.S. Remember, Mr. Producer, behind this microphone, I said that needs to be scrutinized immediately? Well, they're not. It's that they're chasing down American citizens, monitoring them, censoring them. God almighty. Setting information from U.S. officials and DOJ attorneys. The organization wrote in the complaint, it appears that concerns regarding the potential electoral consequences of protecting Jewish Americans and enforcing American anti-terrorism laws and or sympathy for Hamas's aims are inappropriately biasing the department's decision making. American First Legal has also reportedly filed a FOIA with the Education and Homeland Security Departments to find out whether the Biden administration is not reporting or prosecuting U.S. visa holders and other foreign nationals who support Hamas, a.k.a. terrorism, and are targeting Jews on college campuses. Yes, democracy. American First Legal Senior Counsel, Director of Oversight and Investigations, Reed Rubenstein told the outlet on October 7, pro-Hamas extremists, many of whom are foreign nationals, launched a campaign of intimidation and violence against American Jews in the streets and on campuses. But the Biden administration's Department of Justice, which fully mobilized federal law against American parents speaking out at school board meetings, has been conspicuously silent. He added, this silence is purposeful. 
purposeful and as a result of leftist anti-Israel ideologies in the bureaucracy and in part White House political concerns that protecting American Jews will suppress Democrat voter turnout among the pro-Hamas community. And there's Biden. Oh, he's defending democracy. Oh, Trump is Hitler. Oh, Trump supporters are stormtroopers. Oh, Trump's responsible for what happened in 2015 when the white supremacists murdered black parishioners. Trump's responsible. How many murders and deaths and rapes people sold into sex slavery, families torn asunder, is Joe Biden responsible for? How come he's not responsible for anything? According to the complaint, despite parent, excuse me, despite patent nationwide law breaking, having trouble reading, I have to close my left eye, often by foreign nationals targeting American Jews and Jewish institutions. The department has taken no such action. It is very difficult to understand the department's political echelon has made domestic terrorism a central talking point and a singular domestic intelligence investigative and enforcement priority. Now, this is what's interesting. This gentleman was one of the top lawyers at the Department of Education. And he knows these people can be charged, and he knows these people can be prosecuted, and he knows that the administration is standing down. The group added the department's inspector general, that's DOJ, should investigate whether political considerations have impermissibly infected the department's investigative and enforcement decision-making with respect to the above-described pro-Hamas activity. So we've asked the question here, are they going through the student visas? Are they looking at who's overstayed their visas? Are they, are they looking if any of these people have ties to terrorists or terrorist organizations? The answer is no. No, they're not. Instead, last Thursday, the U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves for Washington, D.C. said they're trying to find out the thousands of people who were on Capitol Hill grounds. On January 6th, not in the building, not close to the building, no violence whatsoever, because they want to prosecute them. Tell me, how many leftists have gone into the Capitol building and interrupted, obstructed the proceedings of Congress and their committees? Many. Boy, I'm sure they've thrown the book at them. They never throw the book at them. Of course, there's more. Biden administration clearing remaining federal charges against Portland rioters most get probation community services from April 2021 in the Daily Wire. You may recall the federal courthouse in Portland. Are we supposed to protect our federal courthouses? I mean, after all, the godlike figures who we call your honor, the judges work there. Isn't that obstructing an official act, official business? It went on for more than two months. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, went on for more than two months. A courthouse in a major American city, under siege, day in and day out. Police officers being brutalized, casualties taking place, weapons being used. And most of the people, most of the people get probation and community service. Oh my democracy and how come we don't put june 1st on our calendar june 1st 2020 mr producer how come america we don't put june 1st on our calendar 
on and around June 1st, 2020, was when Democrat Party militia, that is Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and other reprobates and malcontents, unleashed a siege against the White House while the President of the United States was there. How come that's not an insurrection? And they injured 60 Secret Service personnel. 60. I wonder if the good judges in Washington, D.C., from Chunkin and others, even Lambert, how many cases have they heard from our federal government involving that incident? And did they throw the book at the defendants? More than 60 Secret Service officers and special agents sustained multiple injuries in three days worth of violent clashes stemming from the protests demanding justice for George Floyd in Washington, D.C. Let's go back again to the audio of Joe Biden calling this a major civil rights event, Mr. Producer. Let's go to cut seven. Go. After the historic movement for justice in the summer of 2020, I signed the most significant... Uh, Enough of his BS. The historic movement for justice. They attacked the White House. Yes. That's okay. It's an historic movement for justice. And besides, Joe was in the basement at his home in Wilmington, probably thumbing through the classified information. Yes. That's okay. See, that's a historic civil rights event. Attacking the White House. Injuring 60 Secret Service officers. That's not an insurrection. That's not sedition. Attacking a federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon. Multiple police officers and federal protection services. Those personnel injured. The courthouse couldn't do business for over two months. Oh, that's okay. It's a civil rights movement. You don't understand. Why don't we have our calendars all remade, reprinted? All the occasions that Marxist leftist organizations attacked the Capitol building, shot members of Congress. Those were Democrat voters, after all. Tried to blow up the Capitol building. Oh, come on, that was one of Obama's buddies, his group. The Pentagon, the White No, 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 no. January 6th. Don't, don't confuse us. Don't divert our attention. January 6th. I say we put all the dates on our calendar. All of them. All the dates on our calendar. When the Capitol was attacked. When the Pentagon was attacked. When the White House was attacked. When federal courthouses were attacked. All the dates on our calendar. When police precincts were attacked. I'd love to see it. There's the calendar. Now, who are the insurrectionists? Who are the violent reprobates? And can you imagine? They won't even go after the perpetrators. And here, the U.S. Attorney for Washington says, people who are mulling around, not in the building, the Capitol, not near it, but on the grounds. You're next. Invite that a-hole on the program, Mr. Producer, please. And I'll bet he's a no-show. You see, these guys prefer leaking to their favorite newspaper, the Washington Compost, which, by the way, is going broke. But Bezos owns it, so he'll continue to pump his money into it. But it can't make money. Can't make money. 
because you got a bunch of adults working there. Nobody wants to, excuse me, nobody wants to read that crap anymore. They revealed themselves, like the New York Slimes. Nobody's done more to reveal the history of the New York Slimes than I. Nobody. They were in bed with Stalin. They were in bed with Hitler. They were in bed with Castro. But all the news that's fit to print. I have no respect for people who work for that corporation. It's a corporation. It's a corporation with a bloody history. The hell wants to work for a corporation like that? Whether they're making utensils for the dinner table or whether they're reporting the news. Who would work for Would you seek out a corporation that was a mouthpiece for Stalin? That censored Hitler in the Third Reich? That helped promote the the guerrilla communist campaign of Castro? Would you seek them out? Hey, I would like to wear. You're the most prominent. And they give awards to each other. You know what? You get an award. They gave an award to Walter Durandi, who was Stalin's mouthpiece for the, uh, for the New York Times for a decade. You get a Pulitzer Prize. Oh, thank God. Walter Durandi got a Pulitzer Prize. So did the New York Times. For all his great reporting, well, the Ukrainians were being slaughtered again by the Russians. I looked at my Ancestry.com again. It was in a bunch of stacks of paper. My daughter's been going through things. She's writing about stuff. And there it was. So one side of my family comes from a Ukrainian part, a part of Ukraine that was controlled by Russia. So it's considered Russia. The other side of my family comes from Russia. And so I sort of have two legs into this battle that's going on in Russia. And honestly, I don't say, oh, I'm a proud Russian or I'm a proud Ukrainian. No, I'm a proud American. But there you go. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The holidays have come and gone. And once again, you were too generous. Don't worry, though. Pure Talk has your back. So instead of paying Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile 60, 70, 80 bucks a line, Pure Talk has unlimited plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. Get phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network, just 20 bucks a month. Friends, this is how the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. It's time to switch to a wireless company that shares your values. A company that isn't afraid to invest in shows like this. A company that is veteran-owned and serves veterans. So do what I did. Switch to Pure Talk. Don't wait anymore. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Pure Talk's U.S. customer service team is waiting to serve you. That's puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to be connected right now. Don't wait any longer. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin to start off the year saving on wireless with a company you can be proud of. Pure Talk. Biden at the church today. There's a protester and he has something to tell the protester. Cut to go. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. If you really care about the lives lost here, then you should honor the lives lost and vote for a ceasefire in Palestine. Ceasefire! Ceasefire! That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. 
officers are saying ceasefire now, and the crowd saying four more years. So these are basically Democrats fighting with Democrats. The parishioners are not at all political. Go ahead. Look, folks, I understand their I understand their passion. And I've been quietly working. I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza. I'm using all that I can to do. There, he's just—he's been quietly working on it, but he just announced it. And I've been telling you, you've been doing this, undermining Israel every step of the way. Israel must destroy Hamas, whatever it takes, and they must ignore, to the best of their ability, Biden, who is funding their enemies and our enemies. He's funding terrorism. He's funding a terrorist state. This will go down in history as a massive American humiliation, but. You can't wait for history. It has to be addressed now. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-381. And have you seen the ubiquity with which Liz Cheney is appearing on a hated Sunday show, even the daytime shows, one after another? She's in great demand, you see, ladies and gentlemen. Why is she in great demand? Well, because she's a backstabbing self-promoting grifter. That's why, and that's what Washington is filled with. She had us fooled for a long time, did Dizzy Lizzy. But she was born into part of the establishment, into great wealth. Um, She believed that her house seat was preordained. She wanted to get into the Senate, sought our support, but that was too quick. And I guess she decided not to run for president because the question would be for which country. 
Liz Cheney believes that what she's doing will create a forever legacy for her as one of the few people who would stand up against Donald Trump in a Republican Party that's gone AWOL. And so she's trying to build that legacy. She wears her defeat in Wyoming as a badge of honor. Criticism, she rejects. She used the committee to cherry-pick information, to counsel witnesses, and then the committee destroyed evidence. It conducted the kind of investigation that Vladimir Putin would conduct. And it's not transparent. You and I don't know what the hell took place there other than the fact that they destroyed a whole bunch of stuff, trade-picked witnesses, conducted depositions in secret. It's a real star chamber operation. Dizzy Lizzy. And so, of course, she comes on CBS, Deface the Nation. This is why they have no ratings. These They've all gone niche left. CNN, their audience, left. MSNBC, their audience, left. CBS, NBC, ABC, their audience, left. They've all played to the left. You can only break that up into so many pieces. Same with their Sunday shows. Meet the depressed, deface the nation. I don't even know what ABC calls itself, and I don't much care. But here's Dizzy Lizzie on Deface the Nation with Margaret Brennan. Who is she? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Cut 12. Go. The Supreme Court is going to take on that Colorado case uh, where the state was going to remove him from the ballot, citing insurrection and the 14th Amendment. The special counsel, Jack Smith, charged Donald Trump with a number of things. Insurrection was not one of them. So given that it doesn't meet that Justice Department standard, um, do you think the Supreme Court will ultimately disqualify Let's stop for a second. Why do we care what she has to say? I'm doing it to expose Lizzie further. But there's two arguments. The fact that Smith didn't charge Trump is not definitive. That is, let's say he did charge Trump. I would still argue the 14th Amendment has no application. Just because you're charged with something doesn't make it so. Furthermore, the application wasn't to a president or a pres- in, uh, in this instance, under the 14th Amendment. So I can make all the arguments. You've heard many of them on TV because I've done the research and I've explained it, both online, both in a very important essay I wrote in September and, of course, on Fox at the time. But let's hear what old Lizzie has to say. Go. Uh, we'll see what happens in the courts. Um, if you if you look at the select committee's work, we made a criminal referral uh, with respect to the part of the 14th Amendment that talks about providing aid and comfort to an insurrection. I certainly believe that Donald Trump's behavior uh, rose to that level. I believe that he ought to be disqualified from holding office in the future. It's working its way through the courts. Right, let's, uh, that, that's enough. I did this, I believe that, I, I, and I. So she cites herself as justification for denying Trump a ballot position. She cites the corrupt committee that made a referral. So that's good enough by her. 
And yet, if we want to play this game, as I was the first to explain, Donald Trump was impeached, a trial took place, a constitutional trial, such as it was, quite frankly, in the Senate, and he was not found guilty. But Lizzie is a constitutionalist. She's a little D Democrat. She believes in the system. And her committee, her little Politburo, they, she decided Trump gave aid and comfort to an insurrection. So case closed. He's disqualified, says Dizzy Lizzie. That's why it's crucial that the Supreme Court end this. Otherwise, you have Donna Quixote's like this. Self-serving, self-aggrandizing buffoons. She's not done. Dizzy Lizzie doesn't have, you know, borders to her, her ego. Her ego is, well, it's, it's beyond the ego of a normal human being. And I'll prove it to you. Cut 13, go. Have other Republican candidates for president, like Ron DeSantis, who have said they are open to reviewing the cases against these defendants and considering pardons for them. Look, you know, the president has has pardon power and pardon authority. I think that uh, it's a very important piece that people ought to consider when they're thinking about for whom they're going to vote. Someone who says that they would pardon individuals who assaulted the Capitol, who attempted to stop a constitutional process, uh, who uh, assaulted police officers. Yes, but the vast majority of people serving in prison didn't do any of those things, which is why she never talks about them. You know why? She wants them in prison. That's why. Go ahead. Battle. I had police officers. One tell me that it was it was like medieval hand to hand combat. Uh, the notion medieval hand to hand combat. What took place inside the Capitol building by those who were violent, which was not the majority, was a riot, not an insurrection. And Dizzy Lizzie doesn't talk to cops all over the country who had to face 2020, who had to face Antifa and Black Lives Matter, who have to today face Democrat voters, who loot, steal, beat, rape, murder, mayhem. So bad people are leaving the cities. They can't get out fast enough, if they can get out at all. Those are Democrat voters. They're perpetrators. These are Democrat cities. Hand-to-hand combat, she says. What were they doing at the White House when all the Democrats laid siege to the White House? Hand-to-hand combat. What were they doing in Portland? How come there wasn't a special subcommittee to investigate Portland? How come there wasn't a special subcommittee to investigate what took place at Lafayette Square in the White House? How come? Lizzie, no wonder you won't come on my show. You're a coward. What's the proper... uh, the proper noun, or should we call it a pronoun, Mr. Producer, these days? Everything's a pronoun. A cowardice? Would that be okay? A coward X? No, just a coward. Go ahead. Would continue its efforts to whitewash that day. Mm-hmm. When the, the peaceful transition of power is at the core of the survival of our republic. There was a peaceful you- transition of power. It happened that night. Am I missing something, Mr. Producer? That's quite an insurrection, where the insurrectionists don't have arms, where the insurrectionists didn't use knives or, or guns, where the so-called head of the insurrection 
uh, offered the National Guard, and the would-be victims denied it. What, what are they talking about? It doesn't matter. You see, this is how it works, the big lie. Go ahead. That they're unfit for office. Ah, shut up, you idiot. I'll be right back. Mark in. It's always a pleasure to have our buddy on here, Dave McCormick, who is running for the Republican nomination for the Senate in the great state of Pennsylvania, my home state, running against basically a uh, do-nothing, know-nothing placeholder who ran on his father's name, Casey, which is a famous name in Pennsylvania. And Dave McCormick, you were recently in Israel. You wrote a fantastic piece in the Wall Street Journal. Why don't you discuss with us what you saw and how Biden and Blinken are now really putting pressure on Israel to surrender. Yeah, hey, Mark, thanks for, uh, for having me. This trip to Israel was uh, incredibly emotional, uh, but really instructive. I, uh, I flew over there. We just had 36 hours on the ground. And uh, I went to the kibbutz Kofor uh, Aza, which was one of the places where there was 100 people brutally murdered, 600 meters from the Gazan border. Uh, it just, you, you, words can't describe it. The bullet holes, the, the blood, the, you know, the, the absolute barbarism. I met with hostage families, um, and talked about their kids who are stuck in some Gazan dungeon and they don't know if they're ever going to come home. I met with a, a young woman who was wounded, left for dead under a pile of dead bodies by the terrorists. And, uh, and then ultimately discovered. And then finally I watched a 47 minute film that's taken from the body cams of the terrorists that were killed that shows acts of barbarism mark uh burning of families killing of parents in front of their children uh raping and dragging women through the streets uh beheadings killing babies i mean it's 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 unthinkable that is all on the video right on the video on the video are those Uh, that's got to be seared in your mind i don't know how you get it out of your head you, you can't you can't unsee it and uh, you know you can't watch this thing and not feel an absolute solidarity to the people of Israel you can't watch this thing anything other than the eradication of Hamas you can't watch this thing and and not want to support Israel in that pursuit and, and the final thing I'll say Mark is this isn't just about Israel and Hamas this is about a fight uh, between good and evil. This is about a fight against uh, Islamic jihadism and the proxy wars uh, that the Iranians are prosecuting uh, in the Red Sea and Syria and Iraq with Hezbollah. You know, they're they're coming at the West, and so it's in our interest to support Israel. They're they're the point of the spear, but this is this is bigger than just Israel. This is about a fight uh, against uh, a terrorist ideology that uh, that threatens us all. And yet, Israel's under pressure from this administration and the Democrat Party and their malcontents in the street to surrender, to basically give up victory. And um, this administration has been funding Iran, it's been funding the PLO, it's been funding Hamas or UNRWA. Uh, It is buddies with Qatar, which has protected the leadership of Hamas, which has also spread money around. 
uh, like a mob organization. This administration has actually expanded the war in the Middle East by uh, not standing up to the Houthis and especially the Iranians who are attacking American military personnel. You were in the military and served in combat and so forth. What do you make of all this? Well, first, the, the original sin, the original sin is Iran. This is uh, uh, President Obama with the support of Bob Casey put in place the Iran deal that uh, essentially gave uh, Iran limitless resources, over $100 billion, which it has used to fund these proxy wars to uh, fund Islamic jihadism throughout the Middle East and the world. Joe Biden's continued that policy. Uh, Bob Casey has been a rubber stamp every step along the way. And so that's where the problem started. And now uh, when uh, Israel is in a time of need, we see a growing chorus on the Democratic Party side, Bernie Sanders and others, calling for a ceasefire. Just to ask yourself, Mark, could you live in some ongoing uh, state with the people that just butchered your family living 600 meters across the border? There's no way you can move forward without um, eradicating Hamas. And I'll say one final word. You know, there's I watch these same images. I mean, the uh, of, of uh, Gazan people innocent children and women that are that are being affected and killed uh, by the war. And I'll say two things on that. First, I went to an actual Israeli uh, unit, uh, uh, a, a secret unit that I, I can't discuss in detail. I actually watched them targeting. I watched the protocols. There's an enormous amount of effort undertaken by the Israeli military to make sure they're only killing terrorists and not uh, killing uh, innocents. Second thing I'd say is, uh, in in this case, when innocents are killed, it's the fault of Hamas. Hamas has integrated themselves with the civilian population. They blocked humanitarian assistance to the population, and they've blocked uh, the innocents from escaping. And so, to the extent that civilians are being are, are being hurt, innocents are being hurt, which is the the main reason opposition is growing. That's the fault of Hamas. And yet there's no accountability. There's moral equivalence on the part of the Democrats in saying that uh, Israel's somehow at fault for defending itself against a genocidal terrorist group. It is amazing what you see going on in our streets, is it not? And has Joe Biden given a national address uh, talking about the rise in anti-Semitism. Has the Department of Justice and Department of Education done enough to confront this? What do you think? Absolutely not. But, you know, just referring back to some of the things you've written, I think what's happened here is that the, the bankruptcy of this progressive ideology, the bankruptcy of an ideology based on this notion of the oppressed versus the oppressors is, is coming into the light for all of us to see. When you see those college presidents sitting there themselves into a pretzel uh, to try to defend behavior that's clearly anti-Semitic, clearly um, uh, inciting violence. When you, when you see uh, this behavior of uh, of trying to defend the indefensible, um, that is because this ideology is bankrupt. And uh, and I think that we're seeing that now more clearly than we've ever seen it before. And, uh, and that's why I honestly believe 
that the Democratic Party is in such deep trouble because you're seeing this fragmentation of this extreme ideology that that most Americans can't imagine they want to be part of. And that's uh, I think that's what's happening in Pennsylvania. Um, That's why I keep calling out my opponent to call balls and strikes on President Liz McGill, to call balls and strikes on taking down the statue of William Penn, to call balls and strikes on the anti-Semitism of Summer Lee. This is a moment where where the Democratic Party and all of us are being tested, and many, including Bob Casey, are failing that moral test. I'd like to hold you over. I have a couple more questions on this. Like William Penn, the founder of of Pennsylvania, they want to take his statue down. And Fetterman has been saying more in criticizing Hamas and this administration than Bob Casey. I haven't even heard Bob Casey. And maybe he's speaking out, but he's certainly not speaking out in a way in which he wants to be heard. So I want to circle back on this, Dave. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're with Senate candidate, great state of Pennsylvania, Dave McCormick. First of all, Dave, uh, there was a movement. Apparently, it's been stopped to try and remove a monument to William Penn. I don't think people outside of Pennsylvania realize Pennsylvania is not a radical left-wing state. It is a, a state with multiple types of constituencies, but in its heart... It's a pro-American patriotic state, correct? No doubt about it. And uh, this is a perfect example of, of uh, the crazy ideology of the left, but also uh, the weakness of Bob Casey. So there was a plan put forward by the National Park Service to take down the statue of William Penn in the park. But William Penn, of course, the founder of Pennsylvania, the park where William Penn's home was, it's called Welcome Park based on the ship that William Penn landed in when he landed in Philadelphia. And so this is the kind of crazy thing. William Penn was a Quaker and is, was a, a classic liberal in the idea of, um, mm-hmm. of uh, getting rid of him because they wanted to make it more inclusive was crazy. I think Josh Shapiro uh, called the White House and saved uh, President Biden from himself. But once again, Bob Casey said nothing on this. And this is the kind of weak leadership that he's had in the face of crazy left-wing um, progressive ideology and anti-Semitism. And, uh, and that's why uh, I'm running against him. He's been a rubber stamp for, Bob Kate, for uh, Joe Biden 98% of the time he's voted for Joe Biden. And in a, a state that, as you know, Mark, is, is your home state, it's arguably the most consequential state in the country. Mm-hmm. Fifth largest economy where the country was born and a battleground state for the presidency Bob Casey in that consequential state has been an incredibly inconsequential senator. You know, he's, he's running his father's name long enough. And uh, and I, I don't know what the hell he's done in the Senate. Whatever he's done, you're right, he just votes with it. He's got to be the laziest senator, certainly among them, don't you think? I mean, what, what does he do, actually? You know, I think he keeps his head down. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a time where 80% of Pennsylvanians... And 80% of Americans think the country's headed in the wrong direction. And so what I say on the campaign trail, listen, if you want the status quo, if you think the country's headed in the wrong direction, if you like where Joe Biden's taking things, you shouldn't vote for me. Vote, vote for Bob Casey. But if you want a, a Pennsylvania success story, somebody's going to shake 
things up. Somebody who's going to fight for the people of Pennsylvania. Somebody who doesn't owe anything to anybody other than the people of Pennsylvania. That's the contrast. And, and Mark, we're in trouble as a country. You know this better than anybody. You've written about it. You speak about it. We need leadership who's going to fight to get America back on track. And Bob Casey is the exact opposite of that. Now, you know why I like Dave McCormick. You can hear him, ladies and gentlemen. He's fantastic. He's really got the ability to win that seat. And um, if people want to help you, where do they go, Dave? Uh, Dave McCormick, PA.com. And uh, listen, this race is uh, critical for Pennsylvania. It's critical for the country. This, this uh, race uh, will help flip the Senate and make sure that we have strong conservatives taking our country in the right direction. And this seat and this race will also, I think, have a lot to do with helping our Republican nominee win the presidency. So I appreciate all the support of your, uh, of your listeners, and it's DaveMcCormickPA.com. Well, you're a favorite here, and we really appreciate you, and we want to have you back. So uh, we'll keep doing that. Thank, thank you, you very, very much, thank and you, uh, thank you for conveying God what you bless. saw over there. Yes, sir. God bless. Thank you. All right. God bless you, my friend. He's a good man. Be a great senator. I mean, look what they've got there now. Adult. And yet, there he is, voting Biden, 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 this guy. I mean, the, the time for this is over, folks. You can make a difference. A lot of Democrats listen. We just got information. It's fascinating. I'm not allowed to share it. A breakdown. Do you see that, Mr. Reducer? Of the audience? I mean, about 30% of the audience is independents. Isn't that what it said? I mean, think about that. You know what that means? There's a lot of conservative or centrist Democrats, old-time Democrats, old-time liberals who are listening to this program. And they're listening for a reason. Not because they want to grind their teeth. Because they're looking for answers. And that's what we try to do here. Give answers. And uh, some of this isn't complicated. The problem is the challenges are daunting. And that's the problem. Jamie Raskin, again, another, you know what, I don't want to deal with him right now. You know who I want to talk about? Elise Stefanik. She's something else, isn't she? From upstate New York. You know, it's interesting, when she first came to Congress, she was sort of a right-of-center congresswoman. But then as the year went on, and the second year, the third year, she saw what's going on to the country. She saw what's going on in Congress. She saw what reprobates are on the other side of the aisle. And she has really become a significant leader. A significant leader. And she's on with this Kristen Welker on Meet the Depressed, where they have all these reprobates now as... You know, I really miss Lawrence Spivak. And, uh, and others who held that post. Certainly not. What's that clown's name that just uh, left there? What's his name? I don't remember his name. Oh, Chuck Todd, yes. Anybody miss Chuck Todd? Raise your hand. No, no of course not. Well, listen to this one. Because the left is all worked up. They're doing everything they can to... Stop Trump from being elected, the propaganda, the horrendous lies, the charges, 
the effort to convict him and put him in prison, but don't you dare say that this election, should the Democrats win, is illegitimate. How dare you? How dare you? Trying to keep people off ballots? Rewriting the election laws as I speak? How dare you? Don't ever criticize the Democrat. And that's what they talk about when they say, don't be an election denier. What they're trying to say is, get in line and kiss the ass of the Democrats. That's it. Anything they do, whether it's Biden violating the Hatch Act with hundreds of thousands, if not two million bureaucrats. No, no, that's okay. Whether it's Zucker turd, 400 and some million dollars, buying these election off. Hey, come on, close your eyes, move along. We're not stupid. We know what the hell's going on. Anyway, Kristen Welker, the famous Welker, Welker, and Welker family. Meet the depressed, which has been destroyed. With Elise Stefanik. Cut 15, go. Would you vote to certify and will you vote to certify the results of the 2024 election, no matter what they show? No matter, no, notice they haven't asked Liz Cheney that question. They haven't asked a single Democrat that question. And you have more Democrats on these shows than Republicans. And the question, of course, to them would be, how can you certify an election if you view Trump as Hitler? How come, how come they don't, she doesn't get them on the record? Well, we know why. She's one of them. Go ahead. Not to certify the state of Pennsylvania because, as we saw in Pennsylvania and other states across the country, that there was unconstitutional acts circumventing the state legislature and unilaterally changing elections. 100% she's correct. She's the real constitutionalist. She is. Not the reprobate Dizzy Lizzie. She is the real constitutionalist. The Constitution says the legislature. So what did they do? The Democrats in Pennsylvania, the Board of Elections, the governor, the state Supreme Court, everybody and anybody was changing the election laws right up to the last minute. And there was an incredibly important constitutional case. There were actually two of them that were sent to the court and the court denied them. <coughs> And the court, in my view, in part, is responsible for a lot of this. Because Hollywood John Roberts doesn't want to get involved. Well, you are involved, whether you like it or not. And the fact that you don't want to get involved drags you in even more. Perfectly good answer. Go ahead. 2024. We will see if this is a legal and valid election. What we're seeing so far is that... Democrats are so desperate, they're trying to remove President Trump from the ballot. That is a suppression of the American people. And the Supreme Court is taking that case up in February. That should be a nine to zero to allow President Trump to uh, appear on the ballot, because that's the American people's decision to make this November. And the matter is, of course, halted pending that appeal, as you say. But just to be very clear, I don't hear you committed to certifying the election results. Will you? Wow, you can really hear. You're, you're unbelievable. So this is her way of disagreeing and objecting to the answer what did you say just to be clear what did you say just to be clear now keep in mind jamie raskin a marxist a chiff off his old man's block he actually voted not to certify trump in 2016 as he runs around talking about election deniers and he was on msnbc yesterday anyway go ahead mr producer certify the results 
If, if they're constitutional, wins, if they, does that mean if the former president Trump No, wins? it means if they are constitutional. What we saw in 2020 was... Listen how snarky this uh, Welker is. That means if Trump wins, then you'll sort It's not what she said, genius. If you want to be the host and the guest, why don't you just put two chairs there, ask yourself the question, and then move your butt into the other chair and go back. And that could be entertaining, actually. But don't put words in somebody's mouth. What do you think, you're Jake Tapper? Go ahead. Venting of the, of the Constitution, not going through state legislatures when it comes to changing election law. And we're seeing this in my home state of New York, Kristen. We are seeing Democrats try to steal the election and illegally gerrymander congressional districts that we fairly won and are fair aligned. So I see this at a very local level, as well as the unconstitutional overreach we saw at the national level I, in 2020. So, Welker, are you going to have a show on that? On what, the, on what the courts are doing in New York? Hmm? You going to have a show on what the courts are doing in Wisconsin? You going to do that? How come? How come you're not going to do that? Because you're a hack. That's why. And that's not what hacks do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's talk to Jane, Sarasota, New York, on the great WGDJ. Jane, how are you? Fine, fine. How are you? I, I would like to confirm the truth you have been telling. Um, I attended a rally with Biden and Obama, and um, just to prove that Biden is Obama's puppet, the flag mm-hmm. came out at this rally. The national anthem started to play. Everyone had their hands over their hearts. Except for Obama, Obama and Biden. As they came down out into the crowd, I stepped in front of them and I said, may I ask you a question? And of course, Biden was eager to speak with a woman. And um, he didn't sniff your hair, did he? (laughs) I was thinking that I thought you child nibbling hair snipper. I might throw up before I can get out of your sight. So I said, tell me, why were you two the only ones who did not honor the flag? And Obama put his hand out to Biden like, here, you've got this. Biden looked at me. He said, why would we? And that Why would me, we? Exactly. And those were his exact Because words. there's no other place on the face of the earth or in human history where such an imbecile, such a lunatic... Such a nobody and know nothing could rise to the level of president. That's what concerns me. Thank you for your call, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute our truckers and freedom fighters all over the world. We salute our brothers and sisters in Israel and Ukraine. And we are the place where patriots around the country, if not the world, meet right here on this program. I want to thank you. God bless each and every one of you. See you tomorrow. 